name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is born. Glorified. Christ is born. Glorified. Christ is born. Glorified. You know, if you pay attention in the worship, you learn something new almost every day. I've been an Orthodox for 20 years now. Tonight's the first time I notice that the first two psalms were used between the litanies, the beginning of the liturgy, were the first two psalms of the Hallel. I had never noticed that before. Just standing there thinking that it's right, it's right out of the Hallel. That's the last part of the Seder. That's the psalm where the Gospel of Mark says that after the supper they sang a song, the Hallel they sang. It's the last part of the Seder. Just think about that in connection with Bethlehem the city of bread, uh, we'd be singing the, the psalm of the Last Supper, the psalm of the Seder uh, tonight. This is not in my notes. I just noticed it while we were, while we were, while we were singing it. Uh, there's a reason why the, the icon that's on the pattern, the discos that holds the bread, is always the icon of, 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 uh, of, of the, newborn, the newborn Jesus in the, in the trib. The, uh, the manger, manger, mangiare, those other words, meaning to eat. He's put in the manger because he has become our food, and that's what we're going to eat tonight. I want to say three things tonight about the incarnation, my brothers and sisters, since I've already used up the angels, shepherds, and wise men the day before yesterday. I'm going to talk about Christ alone. Solus Christus, as the Reformers liked to say, Christ alone. All seven of the Church's ecumenical councils were concerned with a single question. Who is Jesus? According to the Gospels, Jesus himself posed this question several times in various forms. But who do you say that I am? What think ye of the Christ? Whose son is he? The reason this question is important has to do with certain claims of Jesus, which indicate that the answer touches on the nature of God. When Jesus declares, for instance, that he and the Father are one, when he affirms that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him, when he claims that those who see him see the Father, and all such assertions, Jesus of Nazareth forces himself on the conscience of every human being who has ever lived. Can't brush that one off. Can't brush that off. Either he is or he isn't. If he isn't, you should hate him for even claiming he was. But you can't be indifferent to claims like that. 
the radical nature of these claims implies that their validity concerns the very being of God, and hence the meaning of human existence. Because if these assertions are true, then there really is no God except the God revealed as the father of this Palestinian carpenter. You cannot overestimate the importance of this because it implies that all other religions are intrinsically and of their nature idolaters. He says all of the others are thieves and robbers. That's the Buddha, that's Confucius, that's Mohammed, that's all of them. They're thieves and robbers. I am the way, the truth, and the life. What, after all, is idolatry but the worship of a false god? If the claims of Jesus are true, then the only true God is the Father of Jesus Christ. No other. If the true God is known only in Jesus, then only Jesus can save mankind from bondage to false gods. So the angels say, the angels say to the shepherds, in a gospel we haven't had yet, today is born a Savior. Today is born a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. If Jesus of Nazareth is who he, say, is who he says he is, then he is history's only safeguard against idolatry. It is either Jesus or the idols. There's no other choice. You see, strictly speaking, human history has had only one saint. At least this is what I infer from the church's statement on the subject, which we chanted at the end of Matins this morning. In that great doxology, we declared to Christ our Lord, Si monos hagios, thou alone art holy. I think that, that uh, text rather settles the point. Thou alone art holy. Because, but it is only a starting point because there's more to be said on the subject. When we speak of Christ among all human beings as alone, holy, solus, sanctus. The expression is not one of a simple degree. It is not a quantitative assertion, declaring that Christ being holier than the rest of us is said to be the only holy one. He is not only holier than the rest of us, he is holy in a sense different from the rest of us. He is as not a derived holiness. He is the very holiness of God. For in him, says the epistle to the Colossians, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That little figurine, we'll call it a three-dimensional icon, which is a contradiction in terms of that Hananita went back and placed in the manger. The little figurine, what does that represent? God, God's eternal Son. If Christ alone is holy, 
It is also his glory that fills the earth. The whole earth is full of his glory, chanted the seraphim. And we're going to sing their song again tonight a little later. Holiness is God's glory, hidden and unseen. Glory is God's holiness, open revealed. Hence, it is the holiness of Christ that causes the glory of God to shine forth from his face. It is his face that conceals and reveals the mystery. And tonight, that's the face of a little baby. Let's say something else. Let's make a second point with respect to the incarnation. Taken seriously, the claims of Jesus, the New Testament speaks four times of him as our Mesites, our mediator. Thus, the Apostle Paul calls him the one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, 1 Timothy 2.5. And the author of the Epistle to the Hebrews refers to Jesus as the mediator of the new covenant, the expression appears twice, and the mediator of a better covenant. Jesus is God's Son who assumed our humanity and became thereby the one mediator between God and man. That is to say, in the person of Jesus, both God's nature and man's are fixed forever in a unity that prompts us to speak of the God-man. He joins both forms of existence in his own person. And therefore, he is our only link with God. We have no access to God except through him. Jesus' mediation means that he is both God rendered visible and man rendered acceptable. For our salvation, for our salvation, the church insists, he must be both. That's in the creed itself. We will say that presently. Who for us men and for our salvation, were he only a man, his death on the cross would be unavailing. Were he only God, the resurrection from the dead would have no significance. If we are to be truly redeemed, he must be both. And third, since he has assumed our humanity, let's speak of Christ, our brother. In the incarnation, God's Son became our brother. He affirmed this truth when he said to Mary Magdalene, Go and tell my brethren. In the epistle of the Hebrews, he says to the Father, I will declare your name to my brethren. Most of all, however, Jesus claims brotherhood with all of mankind in the context of history's final judgment. In fact, that is going to be the measuring rod of the last judgment. The brotherhood of Christ. That's the measuring rod of the last judgment. Inasmuch as you did it to the least of my brothers, you did it to me. 
There's the rule for the last judgment. Want to figure out what's going to be on the final exam? Know ahead of time it's going to be on the final exam. Start cramming for it as early as possible. Whatever you do to the least of my brothers, you do unto me. Jesus proclaimed solidarity, a brotherhood with the whole human race. Means that the proper destiny of that race is true community. The human race is not an assembly of self-made individuals, but the communion of the younger brothers and sisters of Jesus, who will be judged at the end of history on how they have treated one another. He has identified himself with the hungry, the thirsty, the homeless, the stranger, the sick, and the imprisoned. Tonight, in a special way, he identifies himself with the children. You see, who, after all, is more homeless, poor, helpless, absolutely helpless, than a newborn baby? The King James Version, I guess we'll never really get away from it, says that he is wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. That won't cut it. I have no idea what swaddling clothes are. I just, I will not. The Vulgate uses the word panis with two ends. Pana, two ends. In the uh, ablative, panis, rags. They wrapped him in rags. They wrapped the baby in rags. It's the best they had. He becomes a little baby in a poor family. He identifies himself with the poor, a poor couple who could not find any place to stay except a stable, and who could provide no bed for this newborn baby except a manger, and no clothing except rags. That's all they have. I won't ask for a show of hands of those of you who were born in a stable. But there are people who are, and in conditions even worse than that, identifies himself with the poor and with little children. He became a child. He became poor for our sakes, even though he was rich, says St. Paul. He became a little, little child. To tell us something of his regard for children and to put into our hearts that major mandate that on this earth there's no more important person on earth than the helpless child. Because the child is vulnerable and the cruel and the mean and the unprincipled, they will take advantage of that little child 
They'll kill that little child, or neglect that little child, or hate that little child, or mistreat that little child. What they do to that little child, they do to Christ. That's why the church stands for children. I don't think, I, I don't think I'm talking to people who don't understand what I'm talking about. We just keep having children all the time around here. Just, we had another one day before yesterday, another one day before yesterday. When God gives a child to a family, the best blessing he has available. When God gives a child to a parish, the best blessing he has available. That's why children in a family or in a parish should be the center of our lives because Christ identified himself with the children. And whatsoever we do to the, the least of his brothers and sisters, we do unto him.